Hindsight being twenty twenty, Gage erred following the retreat from Concord when he moved into Boston instead of occupying and fortifying the heights around it. A second error occurred when several of Gage's commanders decided to discuss war plans in public. Fortunately, a patriot nearby overheard them and sent a message to the New Hampshire Committee of Safety. They immediately notified the Massachusetts Provincial Congress, and the Massachusetts Committee of Safety ordered that more defenses be constructed in the area, specifically on Breed's Hill. On June 16th, more than 1,000 men arrived on the Charlestown Peninsula and, under cover of darkness, set up firing positions for the artillery on Breed's Hill and Bunker Hill. British General Henry Clinton observed the activity and ordered his top commanders, Gage and William Howe, to attack at dawn. Breed's Hill was much different from Lexington and Concord, and the relatively untrained militia had a difficult time against experienced British regulars. Realizing they were not going to achieve the success they had in the earlier fights, their morale declined. When they saw their comrades killed, they became fearful, and many of the men were so frightened that they abandoned their positions and simply walked home. The British leadership noticed the fear in the hearts and eyes of the Americans, and they used it to their advantage. The Americans that remained put up a commendable fight against the odds. Observers on both sides had a clear view of the enemy's actions and made the appropriate adjustments. However, it was clear from the outset that the men were confused and the officers seemed unable to ease their confusion. Orders were unclear, misunderstood, or simply not followed. Chaos existed on the British side as well, particularly as the battle progressed and the regulars saw their dead and wounded comrades being moved to the rear of the British positions. During the initial attack, the colonial forces utilized snipers hidden in Charlestown who inflicted sufficient casualties that required Howe to request support. The support arrived in the form of naval gunfire using heated musket balls and artillery shells filled with hot pitch, and later infantry that set fire to Charlestown. Some snipers survived despite the heavy attacks. When the British regulars began their assault on the colonial positions, they undoubtedly were shocked by the number of casualties they suffered from musket fire directed at them from well-prepared fighting positions. In a second assault at the rail fence led by Brigadier General Sir Robert Pigott, the British sustained even more casualties, and many regulars actually fled because of the intense volleys of fire aimed at them. The British charged again, this time at the redoubt. When the colonial forces ran out of ammunition, the fighting became hand-to-hand, and both ends of a musket were lethal. At that point, the fighting became quite ungentlemanly, contrary to what General Howe asked of his men before the battle. At the end of the day, the British held the peninsula, but at a huge cost in lives, particularly among the officers. On the colonial side, they lost the ground, but had fewer losses of personnel. One of the losses, however, was Dr. Joseph Warren, President of the Massachusetts Provincial Congress, recently promoted to Major General. Dr. Warren passed the important messages to Paul Revere and William Dawes, alerting the militia to the approach of the British regulars prior to the battles at Lexington and Concord. Warren actually predicted he would not live past the battle. He also predicted to Putnam that the troops would put up a good fight, and they did.
Unfortunately, their good fight was not good enough. The ground fell into the hands of the British, but the resolve and military capability of the colonial forces surprised many on both sides of the fight. When General Gage's report reached the eyes and ears of Parliament, King George III heartened his resolve against the colonists, and the time for reconciliation was over. General Gage was relieved a few days after the report reached London. The colonial forces lost the battle and the peninsula, but showed that they were a force to be reckoned with not only from a military standpoint, but also politically. The fact that it took the British three attempts to force colonial forces from their positions was eye-opening, and if the colonial forces had adequate reinforcements and resupply, the outcome may have been different. For want of powder, the battle was lost.